Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 105 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott sitting in for Bob Stoffer today as he and the Oilers embark down to the Pacific Northwest via chartered flight. They'll take on the uh, NHL's newest franchise, the Seattle Kraken, tomorrow. 8 o'clock puck drop on 630, Chad. 6 o'clock face-off show. Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can keep in touch on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino Excitement bet on it. That number again, 780-496-0063 is the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Well, uh, quickly, Became one of our most popular guests on the show. Love chatting with him whenever we get the chance. Out of the NHL Network and ESPN, brought to you each Thursday by our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. It's Kevin Weeks. Kevin, you're on with Brendan. How's it going today? Brendan, I'm great. Hope everybody's doing well in Alberta as well, buddy. All's good. Thank you. Excellent. While the roads were a little bit slick, we've had actually quite a bit of freezing rain around these parts. Not a lot of snow, Kevin, but quite a bit of freezing rain. So I'm hoping everybody got to work, uh, especially after what was an excellent win on home ice. They didn't necessarily make it look pretty. We've talked about it for the first hour of this show, Kevin. How that marquee matchup between the Oilers and Pittsburgh belonged to Pittsburgh for the first 40 minutes. And yet, Edmonton found a way to emerge on top. And they relied on their workhorses. But ultimately, McDavid does what he does. He ends up plus five on the evening. And you know, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it in its entirety. But I'd love some thoughts from you on, on what we saw the Edmonton Oilers overcome and ultimately deliver last night. Well, I think it was a real complete game for the Oil. Uh, you had to know that that was an awesome game for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been on a nice run. Tristan Jari, a native Albertan who played uh, for the Oil Kings, actually, has been great this season. And coming in prior to that, they had that epic shootout against Calgary. Now they go up to, to Edmonton to play the Oil. So you know for Jari, probably had some more money on the board for the boys. He wanted to put on a show. But the Oil, to their credit, they got off to an early start. Quick plays. Zach Hyman really asserted himself, obviously, as did Connor. Made some outstanding plays. Zach Hyman getting the two goals. And really, for the most part, the Oil were able to dictate the terms of the game in, in large part. Uh, I, I love the fact that it was the matchup of McDavid with Crosby, with Sid. Um, I thought that was compelling. First time in years because of the COVID protocols and the border, and the border closures. So I thought that was fun. Uh, Connor obviously putting on an amazing show. In, in all aspects. He played north of 20 minutes time on ice, as you said, plus five. 
the offense, generating plays, dictating the tempo. And uh, listen, Koskinen has played exceptionally well for them too. I got to give him a lot of credit in the absence of Smitty. Stuart Skinner's played well when he's gotten in. But we were marveling in the NHL Network studio here in Jersey, uh, right from the outset, just how Duel were able to get to their game, assert themselves, and literally dictate the game right from the outset. They finally scored uh, first. It's not been a common theme this year for Edmonton, and I know that that can definitely make a big difference in a, in a game and, and how the team approaches it thereafter. But, you know, i got to wonder from you, how much rallying were they able to do around just the work ethic presented by Zach Hyman? Or even, you know, you look on the back end and, and the two veterans left standing in uh, in Chris Russell and Tyson Berry, Kevin, were both up over 26 and a half minutes last night so you look at what Hyman did you look at those two gritting it out on the back end and you wonder whether the rest of the team was able to sort of rally around that as things went on yeah no question because Pittsburgh was certainly the more physical team I think the hits were 45 15 in favor of Pitt if I'm not mistaken so you're right those those war horses on the back end uh, with those defensemen were were able to battle and and Russell and and as you mentioned and, and Barry and those guys have been around the league a long time, complementary, too, to each other because Barry's obviously the offensive defenseman. And in the case of Russell, he's blocked more shots than any player in NHL history. So it's when you have those, those, types, of, those types of D that can play inside of, your, inside of your D rotation and bring different things to the table, yes, you have the young offensive guy in Bouchard. You have the complete guy in Darnell who's one of the top D in the world. But when you can complement it with some of these other guys in the two that you mentioned, especially in a game like yesterday, that really helps. And, yeah, sometimes, listen, the great Patrick Wall always said this, and he used to tell his team this in Montreal when he played, of course, in Quebec, and he does the same thing now as a coach. Guys, when you score first, get the first one. If we can get the first one, we're likely it's 60% or greater probability that we're going to win the game. So to the Oilers' credit, you know, they hadn't been getting the first one as often as you pointed out. They got it yesterday, but they got into their rhythm of their game. I like the I like the way in which they attacked Pittsburgh offensively. I like the plays that they made. I thought that they it was a real complete win for the Oilers in a lot of ways. I was very impressed. If anything, the only thing that was kind of shocking is that the power play was 0 for 3. But if you can put up five on Pitt and you don't even get a power play goal, and the fact that Tristan Jari's been as great as he has been this season, a local boy. Uh, that tells you how well the oil played last night. Yeah, Pittsburgh's penalty kill seemed to be really aggressive, like more noticeably aggressive than I've seen maybe any other team play Edmonton, and they were forcing a lot of turnovers. So those quick, snappy passes we're accustomed to seeing around the ozone didn't necessarily whip around the as as again we've seen before. Now, Kevin, uh, I got to ask as I've been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of American radio lately, and on the you know the yeah. network in particular. It seems like there's still a bit of a reluctance to consider the Oilers a legitimate contender. And around these parts, when you get to see the nightly work of somebody like Hyman and, and just the difference that Zach Hyman's made to this roster, the versatility, you know, we'll see the, the depth contributors like Fogle and Pugliarvi rise again, I'm sure, as the way they did in the beginning. But... Y- goaltending still seems to be a point of, of contention. And I, I'm just wondering, you know, from your perspective, do the Oilers get enough respect south of the border in that sense based on, you know, what you just said? Well, I mean, look, I'll start with this, man, because, you know, I've, I've said this numerous times on the show. 
And I want to be clear, I got, you know, half of our family lives in Alberta and between Alberta and Whitehorse. So I want to be clear. The other half is in Toronto, my side of it. And then some of them are here in the States and the rest of them are in Barbados. So almost half of the families out there. So I'm always cognizant of what's going on out there. But I will tell you this. I had the Oilers game, Oilers stars on ESPN Plus, and I was doing color on that game. And we were pumped. The Oilers are here. The oil's in town. The oil is ready. They're, they're dialed in. Connor snapping around. Leon snapping around. These guys are flying. And then they came and they didn't show their best game in that one. And that'll happen from time to time. But because we had that one on ESPN Plus, I was like, okay, these guys are going to light it up tonight. But it didn't happen. That's, that's the world of pro sports. So to answer you, there's just times when that's the way the games go. But I, I think the biggest thing with the oil, where people are concerned, and from what I've heard, is people are looking, okay, if you are the Tampa Bay Lightning, you bring out Vasilevsky, right? If you're, um, you know, one of the contending teams that people always talk about, Jack Campbell's been amazing this year. Markstrom's been the Vesna Trophy leader. Tristan Jari, who I mentioned, native Albertan kid, who's also in that Vesna Trophy conversation. You look at the oil, you're like, okay, they got Connor, best in the world. Leon, I don't know, second best in the world. Darnell, one of the best D in the world. And then they're like, ah, okay, well, we're not really sure. So that's kind of the gap there, but all of that to say, for my for my expertise and experience, I love what the oil are bringing. And I've told you and stopped this on this show for the last year and change. The oil needs some jam and they need some grit, and they were finally able to address that. The addition of Fogel, the emergence of Pugliarvi, and of course Zach Hyman, who I've known from from back home in Toronto. The element that they bring to the team, and I've said this numerous times. You look at any oil team that's gone deep, you know, whether it was the year that they ended up losing to Carolina, whether it was during the glory years, whether it was the last cup in 1990 with Bill Ranford and company, they've always had players with jam that can play. And that to me has been maybe one of their biggest misses in the last few years because Mike Smith has been great in the net, obviously. Now he's injured. Koskinen has been really good, as I said. But now that they have jam, I see them as a legitimate contender. The special teams are grit inside the top five in both for the most part. And they're better defensively. So everybody kind of has their own, you know, a lot of people have their predisposed views of who they're looking at and why. But with me being on the league network, it's all 32 teams and all 32 markets. And also being on ESPN, the worldwide leading sports, I just try to be as, as objective as possible. And why not the oil? Why not the, the flames the way they're playing? I can't believe I'm saying it. Because, you know, one of us, as much as we have family in Red Deer, I can go all the rest of it, St. Albert everywhere. One, a good part of the family lives in Calgary. So it, it's, it's kind of a great <laughs> joke that we have going on here in the house. And I'm always like, the Flames aren't ready. They're, I don't know. But this year, the Flames look good. And they closed the gap. And it's made, I think, in answering it in totality, the best part about it is, is now that the Flames are relevant again and look good so far this year under Daryl, we now have the Battle of Alberta again that might actually even be at a higher level. And I think that that's now starting to garner a lot more attention for both teams and, and NHL hockey in Alberta right now. I'll tell you that. It's actually a really good point that, that I hadn't considered, Kevin, is the dynamic, you know, as the Battle of Alberta continues its resurgence. We're chatting with our headliner today, Kevin Weeks, uh, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Might just be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, hey, Kevin, do you think that there's an element, and I look at the hits totals last night, you know, 
Pittsburgh threw yeah. 45 hits on Edmonton. Edmonton threw 15. So it's not necessarily about just administering punishment. There's something to be said for being able to just play a style of game that sort of absorbs it and can keep on trucking forward because that's what you have to do in the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's exactly what you have to do. And see, that's one of the things. And I think that's really important to note because as much as they have freewheelers and flywheelers on the team that are able to do things that, you know, no other players are able to do as consistently as, as Connor can do it or Leon can do it. It's also important to be able to embrace being able to bump, bump and skate. And sometimes you got to get bumped. You know, I played with a lot of the best offensive players in the history of the league and, and guys that are Hall of Famers. I played with Dave Andrichuk, more power play goals than anybody in the league. I played with Yarmer Yager. What, second, third, all-time leading point scorer? In the, I can go down the list. Vinny, you know, Vinny LeCavier, Marty St. Louis Hall. I can go down the list of these guys. And what the reason why all of them were able to have success is they were able to bump and play. Give a bump, take a bump. No big deal, especially in the postseason. So, yes, I know where the oil is coming from. And, you know, we've talked about it here on the show before about drawing calls and we don't get calls and all this stuff. All I know is, as I mentioned earlier, for every oil team that's gone deep, they're able to play any way you want. And I think that's a big part of this team now is not only the ability, but the willingness to embrace what this shift gives us. What do we have on this shift? What do we have on this in this sequence? What do we have in this, in this offensive zone possession? What do we have to do? How many block shots is, is Russell going to have here in this penalty kill? All those little unsavory things, because the skill is there. The speed is there. The power play is there. The penalty kills, the, the different elements are there. But in the postseason, and I don't care what anybody tells me. I've been in this league a long time. The, the dimensions of the rink are regulation 200 by 85. And in the postseason, having played in the postseason, it feels like 150 by 50. <laughs> the rink shrinks. I'm telling you, the rink shrinks. And I used to hear veteran guys say that when I was younger. You young guys, wait and see. You young guys, wait and see. And we're like, holy smoke. Were they ever right? So... There's less room to make plays. There's less time and space to make plays. The officials are going to let a lot more go in the postseason. And that's why if the oil can continue doing what they're doing now, they don't have to out-hit anybody on a game-by-game basis. But if they're willing to take hits and make plays, if they're willing to, to you know, win board battles, battle in front of their goalies in front of the net, get an unsavory goal down at the other end by out-battling that D in front of the net, good things can happen. And... The more you, you can play different versions of, uh, of playoff-type hockey during the regular season, the more natural it becomes. And then you just go into the tool bag, come to play playoffs. Hey, guys, this is a low-scoring one. And this one out, we've got it. Boys, we might need five penalty kills to eke this one out on the road in the postseason because there's nothing in the world like the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I've got friends in every league. There's nothing in the world like the Stanley Cup playoffs. Wrapping up here with Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN. Just a, a quick rip, if you would, on uh, Montreal's general manager search. You know, it's it seems like... I don't know how long overdue the change was. I don't know that mid-season was necessarily the best way to go about it, but you can never project you're going to be at the bottom of the league standings either. So uh, just your, I guess, evaluation of, of the changes that have been made and, and maybe an idea of what's still to come as far as who might the general manager be. Here's the best way I'll characterize this. You know, I'll always start with the respect for the franchise and who they are and what they've done and what they mean and what they've meant to the game what the province means, what the Canadians mean in the history of the game. 
um, players that have come from there, born there, raised there, everything else. So all that speaks for itself. Mark Bergevin overall did a nice job. He had a long run there. He did a really nice job overall for them. There are different things from people that I've spoken to that contribute to the change. And, you know, change is, is uh, inevitable in our business. But he can hold his head high about what he did there. I think the biggest thing for me with Montreal is you, respecting the culture, respecting the fact that it's international and it is, you know, a francophone area and certainly in the province. But at the same time, did the Stanley Cups mean less because Larry Robinson was an Anglophone? Did they mean less because Shane Corson or anybody else wasn't like, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, like that team, if I'm them, I think the biggest thing that I'd say is I'm just looking for the best candidate and the best candidates period. And of course they would have to prioritize either speaking French, being conversational, being fluid and, or being able to learn. But I can tell you, Brendan, and for the listeners that are out there, Every year that, you know, we lost the Stanley Cup final in 2 against Detroit when I was with Carolina. And I looked at that team as they were celebrating across from us. Brandon Shanahan wasn't from Detroit. Dominic Hasek wasn't from Detroit. Igor Lurianov wasn't from there. They didn't care. And Scotty Bowman, who happens to be a Quebecer, was the head coach. They were popping champagne. Like, that's what it was about for them. So, to me, I, I, it's a unique situation. It is a unique market. I respect all of those things. I'm curious to see what they're going to do going forward. Uh, Jeff Gordon, who was working with us on the NHL Network, congrats to Gortz because he ends up getting that job. Um, But whoever they select alongside him, I I don't think that you can limit the search to somebody that's francophone only or that's bilingual only. Uh, I think it's important for the person to be able to speak the language, of course, care and respect the culture and the language, but ultimately it's about building the best team because – if they're partying down St. Catherine Street or Crescent Street, <laughs> when the wine is flowing and the beers are popping and the champagne's popping, I don't think that that's as much a priority at that point. So I'm curious to see how that goes for them in the search. <laughs> or everybody's speaking French at that point, and it doesn't matter anyway. Exactly. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. You could be, yeah. I you know? appreciate you hopping on with us today, Kevin. Always appreciate the insights as well. We'll uh, catch up next week. Thanks so much for having me on, buddy. Thanks to all the fans out there in Berta, too. Absolutely. Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN. Uh, for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Again, Kevin was our headliner for Will. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hawk beef jerky. 123 in Edmonton will step out, come back with the injury report for James H. Brown. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Bob Stoffer with the team on the way down to Seattle ahead of tomorrow night's contest. Oilers and Kraken, live from Climate Pledge Arena. You'll hear it here on the radio airwaves, 6.30, Ched. 8 o'clock puck drop, 
6 o'clock face-off show. Let's get to your injury reports. Brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment unrivaled results. Now, none of the injured Oilers defensemen will be available tomorrow against Seattle. Dave Tippett did confirm that post-game. We know that Keith, Nurse, Smith, and Shore are all skating. I believe Slater Cuckoo is as well, although I think he's also believed to be the furthest away from returning. We'll note that uh, Shore and Nurse were on the ice for today's optional skate, and Nurse has eclipsed the initial two weeks of the two- to three-week time frame for that broken finger so uh, probably day to day less than week to week for nurse but that's not the official designation that's your escort designation elsewhere Jordan Bennington is in COVID protocol in St. Louis so uh, <clears throat> they're calling up an emergency backup goalie. Oh, yeah, the e-bug getting the ring. I'm not sure who it is, but some low-level college player is probably very excited this afternoon. Ville Husso is, is going to start the game. They're actual backup goaltenders. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if we end up with a David Ayers on our hands on that front. Uh, still to come on the Thursday edition of Oilers Now, we're going to head down to the WHL ranks in the next half hour because what a blockbuster trade executed by general manager Kurt Hill of the Oil Kings acquiring probably the league's best defenseman certainly in the top two or three Caden Gooley the Sherwood Park product is coming home to chase down the Memorial Cup championship with an Oil Kings team that was already ranked fourth yes for a second straight week fourth and all of the CHL top four are WHL teams. So uh, currently behind Everett, Kamloops, and Winnipeg in the rankings, but we'll see how much Gooley does to elevate Edmonton's status. Rankings are rankings. It is what it is. You know, we'll see when the two teams clash, particularly in the East with Edmonton and Winnipeg. I mean, those are absolute juggernauts in the WHL. So that'll be fun. You're going to hear from Gooley. He was on the face-off show with Reed Wilkins last night. Also hear from uh, general manager Kurt Hill, some comments uh, he made to Bob yesterday regarding the deal and it was a six piece uh, uh, six assets trade that went the other way okay so seven total assets took six assets including Carson Latimer and a first rounder to pull Gooley out of uh, Prince Albert for just half a season as well so it's uh, it's real do or die time for the Oil Kings of course if you look at the rest of the roster it makes perfect sense but we'll break it all down and have your uh, prospect report as part of it for Scott Arthur Millwork when we come back on Oilers Now from a global News weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.